Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohn. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. And we are not live again. Um, (laughs) That's a joke, everyone. That's a joke from last week because I said that we were live and obviously we're not live because we're pre-recording this. So... We're not live again, uh, bringing you the Banter Roundtable podcast here with my wonderful co-hosts and colleagues, Bob and Justin. Uh, good morning, gents. How are hey. you today? Awesome. Hey, guys. It's my son's uh, birthday. Woo! Jordan's birthday. Happy birthday to Jordan. 15 <laughs> today. Right, Justin? Yeah, he's 15. Amazing. We're very Amazing. excited about this. Um. Bob and I aren't feeling that jolly this week, but that's fine. Um, I've been in hospital again with this flipping anemia thing, um, but I'm 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 still alive. My heart is working. Uh, I'm not dead, so I'll take it. And uh, anyhow, um, Bob, we uh, we're going to muddle through this, right? Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has been, you know, what I'm in okay spirits as far as my mood, just generally speaking. It's just this level of stress and uh, exhaustion. Uh, usually I get to Friday and I feel this way. It's just compounded <laughs> by the additional layer of family emergency. So, yeah. Where I yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can, I can only imagine. I think when you have family stuff that goes down like that, it's like really, it's really tough on everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y- you know, so our, our, our sympathies for sure. Um well, look, we have we do have a great show for you today. Uh, we have some very uh, exciting news for you. I wanted to break this to to the audience that Robert Kennedy Jr. is uh, running for president. Who is Robert Kennedy Jr.? He is the anti-vax um, nut job who believes that the COVID lockdowns are illegal. That uh, there's a big giant government conspiracy to vaccinate you and your children. Um, probably with microchips, um, but uh, he's running for president, and he's going to apparently all the new age grifters are hanging, are lining up behind him. Um, <clears throat> actually, in actual fact, it's the biggest non news event I think I've heard this year. Wait, uh, hold on, it... let me take a quick nap. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. What I only, saying? I only, I only actually know about this. I only actually know about this because I follow some, uh, some new age sort of uh, spiritual grifter people on, um, on Instagram. Uh, I kind of keep a tabs on what's going on in that whole kind of QAnon uh, adjacent world, and only through them did I un- find out that uh, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running. Um, so it can't be going that well. He did actually make the New York Times. So he is actually featured in the New York Times. That 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 uh, certainly not headline, but he he's there. Oh, is this going to hurt Biden, guys? Give us your no. I, I mean, no, yeah, no. he's going to be laughing so hard he might like bruise a rib. So there's that <laughs> concerned, you know. But uh... that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. So anyway. Moving on. Wait, real quick though. I'm sorry, but me, me and Bob were talking about this before the show started. Mm-hmm. The, the thing about um, Kennedy running that we that I that I personally found to be absolutely like, what was the, even the point of this? Is that it's known that Steve Bannon's the one that convinced him to do it, which means like the idea is he's supposed to be a spoiler candidate, right? Yeah. He's supposed to run against Biden. He's going to be that spoiler. right? Is that right? Steve Bannon convinced him. What's that? Steve Bannon convinced him. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I didn't know yeah, that. Oh, yeah, no, Steve Bannon's the one that convinced him to do it, which what? means, and it's like, it, and that's out there. That's information that is out there. So it's like, if, if Steve Bannon's the one that convinced the Democrat to run against Biden, he is uh, like permanently tainted now. It's like, you're not going to get any real people to vote for him because Steve Bannon's the one that put him up to it. 
Uh, and it's like, you, you got to be kidding me now. It's like, if you're going to do that, you got to keep it quiet, right? If your idea is to make him to be an actual spoiler, which, I mean, he was never going to be a real spoiler. But if the idea was to run him as a spoiler, that ain't going to cut it. Now, Bob had um, a different take on it um, that you, you had said that this is more about um, that he's going to be make, not necessarily RFK, but Bannon's going to be making a shitload of money off of packs. Right, because well, no, everything's so, just so is RFK Jr. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to make a ton of money off running for president. Well, isn't he, he, he already rich? That, well, yeah, but he there's more money. Rich people are never content with the amount of money they have. There's always uh, yeah, that's true. There's always a bigger nut. There's always a bigger minimum that they have to reach in order to live comfortably. It's uh, one of those situations where yes, there's super PAC money that he can avail himself himself of after the. A campaign is over. Uh, he can get all kinds of additional deals when it comes to documentaries and books and things like that. Uh, more social media reach. There's all there's myriad opportunities that present themselves when you're running for president. The thing is, there's no chance Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to uh, win a primary. He may get a couple of delegates, but. Joe Biden's not going to spend a cent running against RFK Jr. or Marianne Williamson. Neither of these people are going to take any bits or pieces out of Joe Biden's momentum becoming the nominee. So what's left? They know that. Marianne Williamson knows that they're not going to win, that they're not even going to show, basically. And so does RFK Jr. They've been doing this long enough to realize that nothing's going to happen. I guess what they're counting on to an extent is, well, maybe the old man will croak. Or maybe the old man will get sick and can't run. So we'll be there ready to go. Sort of like maybe RFK Jr. is looking at uh, 1968 as a template where uh, LBJ was weakened, decided to not seek reelection. And then shortly thereafter, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s father, who was a noble and respected man, who we should revere, by the way, <laughs> the apple falls far from the tree. And uh, he so he decided to jump in and run. And that ended uh, ended tragically, of course. But that's the sort of eventuality that I think some of these people are maybe hoping for in the backs of their heads, or maybe it's part of their uh, chief motivation. I don't know. But regardless, they're not going to do it. And any anyone who's supporting these candidates, believing that they could actually overtake an incumbent president in the primaries is just lying to themselves. You just dece- you're just deluding yourself into thinking that that's going to happen. So as a consequence, you're just you're pumping your money, you're pumping your effort into something that's a waste of time and is ultimately for the candidate a gigantic uh, cash cow. So that's that's what we're talking about. And the same goes for third party candidates. A third party candidate running for the presidency is never going to get an electoral vote. Not a single electoral vote. It just doesn't happen. We have a two-party system. One of those two parties will get electoral votes in each state. The third-party candidate will not. Ross Perot, so I'm really going off now. Ross Perot ran twice, and he actually got a significant percentage, I mean, as a third-party candidate, got a significant percentage of the popular vote. He didn't win any uh, electoral votes. But he was able to take enough of a chunk out of the incumbent president to make a difference. But he was a force of nature. There aren't any third party candidates right now on deck who have that kind of heft that Ross Perot had, that kind of charisma. So it's not going to happen. And uh, I just I I think it's hilarious when I see these uh, liberals, progressives, whatever, you know, latching their attention and their support to a candidate who has no chance and who will only ever, um, you know, in the context of a primary, take votes. I mean, in the context of the general election, take votes away from the Democrat, who is Joe Biden and the only thing standing between us and a fascist dictatorship in this country. Why would you want to take votes away from the only candidate who can stop a fascist dictator from rising to the presidency and staying there just like Vladimir Putin. Why on earth would you do that? Well, I and have thoughts about that, but that's something we'll discuss me, later. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to discuss that map. later. 
Show me the electoral math. Not one person who supports a third party candidate can show me the math that gives them a path to the White House. Not one. And I've asked many times <laughs> and they can't do it. So I, I, I'd make it, a it's joke. Great. Yeah. If someone can convince me with the math, with the uh, electoral map, I'm all ears. Show me. I'd, I'd make a joke about how irate you're getting about this, Bob, but I'm as I'm as irate as you are about this. Well, it drives me around the fucking bend. It really yeah. does. And we this do guy, listen, just years. It happens every four years we got to make this argument. It's math. It's basic math. Right. The numbers don't lie. But these and the these characters, they're grifters, right? This is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This guy. This is, here's a story from 2021. Okay, he's on the Daily Beast. Anti-vaxxer Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s house party guest told to get vaccinated before coming. Right, this is the leading one of the the leading anti-vax voices in the country. And here's wow. the story: an invitation for holiday party at the home of Robert F. Kennedy Jr., one of America's most notorious anti-vaccine conspiracy theorists, reportedly urged guests to get tested or vaccinated for coronavirus before they came inside his house. Politico reports Kennedy held a holiday gathering at his home in California last week and virtual invites told attendees to take some the same precautions that Kennedy has spent the pandemic attempting to undermine through enormous financial gain. This is uh, when Politico asked him about the apparent hypocrisy of his shindig, Kennedy blamed his wife, Kirby Enthusiasm star Cheryl Hines. Quote, I guess I'm not always the boss at my own house. Kennedy or Politico Daniel Littman. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, this is a guy, do what I say, not what I do. Uh, I'm sure he, uh, during the the height of the pandemic, he, uh, he and his family took all the precautions he was urging everybody else not to take, uh, because that's what they that's what these grifters do. It's like Tucker Carlson, right? Tucker Carlson was has, has spent. I'm certain that Tucker Carlson was vaccinated, but he spent an inordinate amount of time, uh, except scaring people shitless about the vaccine. Oh yeah, as well. And Would I, never I, say his kids are I guarantee his kids are vaccinated as well. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. He never, yeah, right. And he refused to answer, right? He refused to answer whether he'd been vaccinated or not. Um, just like Ron DeSantis, right? Because it's it, they're so they're so greedy, um, and and completely, I would say immoral or amoral. I'm not sure which one the word is. Right, that they just absolutely no regard whatsoever for public safety. Uh, if they can get more votes from, you know, keeping this charade up, they'll do it. And that's my guess about um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., that the guy's uh, a grifter. That's what he's doing. He's trying to make cash out of this. Um, yeah. There's always more money, as you say. But, <clears throat> yeah, we wow, we went off really on a tangent here. Um, <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke to open up. But it's not, I guess the thing is, it's not really a joke, right? It is, it does feed into this, this whole um, sort of, it, it, right, as you say, every four years, we have to do this whole nonsense about, you know, some... I don't know, uh, figure on the fringes of the party who who uh, pretends they're going to, you know, they're going to stick it to the status quo and, you know, Marianne Williamson, etc. And uh, now we have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This is all, it, it's a huge distraction from the battle that we have at hand. And the battle, again, is for the future of democracy in this country. And, like, if anyone's got a better suggestion than Joe Biden, uh, I'm all ears, right? I'm, I'm all ears for someone who can build a broad coalition um, who has the bully pulpit of the presidential office as well, and uh, you know ha- can raise enough money um, to beat Donald Trump? I'm all is um, uh, as yet. I've not heard anybody right, and also Biden. You know, let's be fa- let's let's be honest. He's running actually on a pretty damn good record as well. Um, you know, we've gone over this in previous podcasts, and yeah, people will say, "Oh, you're a Biden shill," and no, I just think the guy's doing a good job. I think he's he's doing an excellent job. He's doing a far better job than anybody imagined he would do, and he's passing much more progressive legislation than anybody imagined was possible. Uh, and he's doing that because he's an effective politician. He's an effective president. So yeah, uh, the, all of these these grifters coming in and pretending that they are you know concerned about the future of democracy. And if you were concerned about the future of democracy, you'd be lining up behind Joe Biden. Yeah, and there's no exactly. one. There's no one in existence right now who has a better chance of winning the presidency than the incumbent president. Right. I mean, I suppose Oprah Winfrey could get in (laughs) or if Michelle Obama got in there, but neither of those people are going to run for president. The fact is that uh, 
Joe Biden, the incumbent president, is the best person positioned to uh, to win the White House again. And that's a fact. That's right. The way it and, always... and, and I and I think that, you know, the, the whole kind of celebrity, I, I think we should we've done this now. We've tried a celebrity. Uh, it didn't go that well. We brought in a fake a guy who plays a fake billionaire, a guy who plays a billionaire on television. We tried that. Uh, let's let's stick to the, the the actual politicians. Let's stick to the people who've worked in government. That's that's I think would be you know not new age grifters who peddle anti-vax conspiracy theories and uh, what was Marianne Willi- Williamson's whole, what was one of her I forget about about praying away the coronavirus. Yeah, I think that was she's, one of she's her also things. an anti-vaxer, and apparently she's also just really nasty. And like in her in her outside of the public eye, she's just really, really nasty and mean to people. Is that so, right? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, there was like a whole thing a couple of weeks ago where people like she she tries to get people like taxi cab drivers sign NDAs when she loses her temper on her staff. That sort of wow. thing. She's like that kind of out of control. It's like she's okay, <laughs> yeah, just what we need. Um, well, look, let's move on. We have uh, the huge news, obviously, this week was the Fox News Dominion lawsuit settlement. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was this was huge. I've got to say I was I was quite disappointed initially, uh, but there are a few takes on it that kind of pulled me back from the brink. And Bob, your piece was great this week. I thought it gave some, okay. some much needed perspective on on this and why, you know, look, it wasn't ideal, um, but it was actually, you know, there's some positives to be seen from this. Mm-hmm. Um, this the settlement was for seven hundred and eighty-seven million dollars. I th- I thought this was this was always going to happen. I thought that Murdoch has a history of doing this. Murdoch has a history of settling uh, ver- uh, these matters. He's very pragmatic. Yeah. Um, he, it's so weird not... that he waited so long, though. It, right? I th- well, why I would think you wait he... until all the nasty all that nasty stuff got out and <laughs> yeah. then settle? Like, what That's else was point. there coming that he was like, "Oh shit, no, 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 we gotta stop this now." <laughs> Because you know what, I think he's lost a step. I think um, <clears throat> the the deposition sort of, sort of showed that that Murdoch is not really, you know, he's not the man he once was. Right, he's well into his nineties. Uh, he's not quite um, on top of things like he should be. Uh, and he's when it's damage limitation. I think he realised that the damage had, had been done already. Um, I think twenty years ago, Murdoch would have settled this before any of this stuff was released. He would have just settled straight away. But I think he settled too late. So the damage, you know, it's not the best case scenario, but it's actually not too bad because we do have a lot of damaging information out there. Fox News has taken a massive hit. $787 million is not nothing. I mean, they can afford it. Uh, but it's an explicit, to me, that, that's an explicit acknowledgement that they, there, was a, there was a real case there. That they, oh, yeah, that, definitely. That, right, that you don't settle for $787 million. Um, if, if just you, because just because just because let's just move on you know it's like no 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 no. they knew that if they went to court there was a there was a substantial chance that they would get they would be on the line for the whole how much was it 1.5 billion 1.6 yeah 1.6 yeah, billion but there are more there are more um there are more lawsuits coming so expect fox to settle up on those as well um, was it the Smartmatic ones next? How much is that for? That's that's even wait, more. wait. Before you even get to Smartmatic, Dominion still has lawsuits um, pending against uh, Giuliani, Powell, um, Newsmax, OAN, and uh, Mike Lindell. And I, 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 I'm not sure if there's anyone else, but it's at least those people. And um, <laughs> Newsmax and OAN, and Newsmax and OAN do not have the deep pockets that Fox does. Yeah, I think you can kiss goodbye to those networks. I think they're going to go. Yeah, there's like, a that's... real chance that if if they if those they have the same kind of emails and text messages, and it's that bad, and there's a very good chance that they that they're that bad because they're even more crazy than Foxes. That there's a real chance Dominion could just wipe them out. Like goodbye, you no longer exist because they can't sustain those kind of losses. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I do think so. I think like we could be watching the end of of these of, of OAN. That would be and and news and then they're smartmatic, <laughs> which is like a whole new level of uh you know pummeling. So yeah, right. And Fox is, Fox will settle. I, I'm fairly certain they'll you know they'll settle again. 
and it will be a massive. I don't know. I mean, Bob, your piece this week that you argued that you know, essentially, it's down to us now. It's down to the public to hold them to account. Um, yeah, it always was. Yeah, because there was nothing that Dominion was going to do to Fox News Channel that would knock it off the air. I mean, even if the jury, even if this had gone to trial and the jury had awarded Dominion the full amount they were asking for, $1.6 billion, God, that barely makes a dent in Fox News's profits. Mm. I think, I forget exactly what the number is, but it's in the billions in terms of revenue per quarter. And so... Right. $1.6 billion would really not affect it all that much. Mm. Meantime, the things that we would have heard in the context of the trial are things that basically we already knew, which is essentially a repeat of all of the deposition material, a repeat of the text messages and emails. Maybe there would have been some additional evidence that would have come out in the context of a trial. Maybe you would have had a sort of Hollywood moment when, uh, the uh, Dominion attorneys got a rise out of one of the hosts, something like that. But uh, who knows? You who can't knows handle that, the that truth. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, w basically all the information that we have now would simply get repeated again in the context of trial. So ultimately, it, it really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that we didn't get an apology, uh, but it's not really, we're not really the victims of this. It's the Fox News viewers who are ultimately targeted and lied to because Fox News hosts and producers know that they're susceptible to those lies. Right. They know that they can be fooled. And so they were. They were the real victims of this. And so there was no chance there was ever going to be some sort of public apology. Or maybe there was. Maybe there was and they should have asked for it. And I think they should have. I mean, I had a plan for a <laughs> suggestion that they have to do like an hour-long documentary in prime time laying out all of their lies and who oh. lied and, and all of the participants apologizing and describing what they saw and and put that on uh across all of the different fox networks fox business and fox nation and whatever the fuck so um but that was never going to happen that was never a realistic thing so uh Ultimately, this is something that lands back in our hands. And what we have to do is take the information that we learned through this, which we would have had to do anyway, even mm. if there was a trial and a, and a verdict. We have to take this information and run with it. It's all right there waiting for us. All of these text messages and emails, people like Tucker Carlson and Rupert Murdoch confessing to lies. And, uh, and, and just use that. Use that whenever possible. Get the word out start to pick away at Fox News because there's never going to be one fell swoop that's going to eliminate them. Uh, we just have to create a, you know, a grassroots movement that will or continue the grassroots movement to take it down. And that's it. And I think you mentioned it in your article, Bob, that, you know, after after um, Dominion and Smartmatic, once they have both have because we're assuming Smartmatic is going to have a successful uh, case for the same reason that um, Dominion did, but that's going to open up to other cases because if Fox is this dishonest and they're so open about it and in their internal messaging and whatnot, that means other people may start stepping up because once you open those floodgates, it's like, oh crap, there's a lot of money to be made here from lawsuits and it's going to open the floodgates to all the other people that and, and companies that they've smeared and slandered and you know all of the all these years stepping up and saying, hey, I want a piece of that pie too, you know? And I mean, there's only so much they can sustain for losses before mm -hmm. it becomes intolerable. So either they'll have to stop doing what they do, or they'll eventually just lose enough money where it will start hurting them. It, I mean, you can't go forever just hemorrhaging money like that. So who knows? Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Well, look guys, moving on. Um, Justin, your piece this week, uh, you did a very, very deep dive into the alt-left and why they really love Trump. Um, they really do. They really do. <laughs> they really, really do. And I'm glad, look, I know, I feel like sometimes we harp on about this stuff, uh, but we do it for good reason, I think. Um, your dutiful banter crew is out here every every day every all, all, every week every month every year 
battling the the negative forces um, that are contributing to the rise of fascism in America. That's what I, that's how I like to think of this. Uh, but it, it is true, right? They, for some reason, I don't, I I just can't get my head around how anybody who claims to be left wing or liberal um, can kind of do a both sides, right? Where they think the Democratic Party and the Republican Party are just the same, and that you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are just as bad as each other. And what we really need is a kind of socialist revolution or whatever it is mm. um, to upend the status quo and, uh, you know, re- completely reform the system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And anybody who's not doing that is complicit in the system. And there's no difference between the two sides. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things with that. So, I mean, one of the things that I figured out uh, like years ago, and we've I, we've discussed this a couple of times on the show because I'm way more cynical than you guys, and I know you two don't really subscribe to this, but I'm way way more cynical, and I intensely dislike the alt left because I see them as pretty much a, a, they're no different to me than the right, not the alt right. I mean, they're not neo Nazis and white nationalists, but they're no different than the right because so many of them are just motivated by that same white male grievance which is why so many of them are white men like so much of the old left is white men and I, when i realized that it was like they became so insanely easy to predict and it's it's horrendous how often i'm like i say something and then they fucking do it over and over and over in 2017 i got into an argument with david sirota before he blocked me for the three different times and i told him straight out you guys are going to be absolutely fucking furious when the Democrats beat the shit out of the Republicans in the 2018 midterms, and then you're going to spend every waking moment trying to make the Democrats lose in 2020. And he was like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. And that's exactly what he did. That is exactly what he did, and it's exactly what the alt-left did. They were furious about the midterms that the Republicans got slaughtered in the 2018 midterms, and then they spent the next two years trying to get Trump reelected. It was like, come on, man. You guys are being... It's so horribly, horribly predictable, which is why I keep harping on them, because the way I put it in the article, it's not that they distort the conversation. They poison it. They poison the conversation. And that's all they do, is that they teach a bunch of people on the left and they tend to be younger people who don't know yet because they haven't had enough time to learn about politics. And they listen to the alt left, tell them both sides are the same. Everything's corrupt. Don't bother. Stay home. Don't vote. And sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes you get a 2016 where you just need 75,000 people to stay home and not vote. And then you get Donald Trump. And that was a huge victory for the alt left. You know, they helped. They did a they did a great job convincing enough people to not vote because Bernie was robbed. It was all rigged and blah, blah, blah. And Trump managed to slip it. They they had a lot of help. But it was enough. And that's the result is now we have a huge fascist movement in this company. I mean, it was going to happen eventually, but it was years away. Trump was an accelerant. And. The only thing, Justin, the only thing I, I would quibble with here is because just I just happen to know a lot of non-white people who are involved with a lot of this stuff as well. That was would be the only thing I'd quibble with would be the like the kind of the, potentially the racial aspect of this um, that I've I have seen. It's quite popular amongst a certain generation. Um, and a certain democracy. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's um, black and there's black Republicans that, you know, it's not there's, it's never it's never a perfect monolith. And there's there are women on the alt left and there's still and the same thing with women Republicans. And there's still it's still that same. They still want that same goal of white men in charge. And they're still and they don't say it. I mean, Republicans generally don't say it either. But they still lean towards that. They want Republicans. It's the anti-anti-Republican, anti-anti-Trump. But it always comes down to the same thing. They're just really, really against Democrats. And they're Hmm. against identity politics. And they're against everything that Democrats stand for. But they don't 
actually say that because they can't say that, right? They're supposed to be progressives, but they're very happy when Republicans win for some mm. reason, which is, I mean, that's one of the things like we were discussing before with Williamson. She's not there to actually be a spoiler, right? Mm. She's not, she not going to take any real votes away from Biden, right? She's not going to, she's not going to win any votes in the primary. Like she'll win like one here, one there. She's not going to actually win anything. But what's going to happen is she's going to lose and they're immediately going to start screaming. It was rigged and there's going to be Williamson or bust movement. Right. That's what they're trying for. Oh, it was all rigged. Don't vote. Stay home. Hmm. That's what they're going to try to do. And that's her that's her function there is to not necessarily take votes. Away, I mean, take votes away in an abstract like, you know, don't vote. Everything's rigged. Don't stay, stay home. Don't bother. And that's how they want to help Trump in that way. You know, so it's extremely annoying and it's extremely obvious what they're doing because the alt left is all in on Williamson. They're super excited about her. You know, she's the next Bernie. And I'm like, well, that tells me everything I need to know about what they're right. planning and why they're planning it. And that's why they're so angry about the Trump um, criminal charges, because his polling tanked immediately and they need Trump to be a viable threat to Biden. The lower Trump's numbers are, the less chance that anything's going to work to keep Biden from getting reelected. And they're really, really mad about that. You know because what? I, I feel like Tulsi Gabbard is, is, is kind of like the... She's the sort of... What would be the, the right way of describing this, right? That she basically is the sort of unvarnished, unfiltered version of... She's just not lying about who she is now. Right. Exactly. She was always that. Like she was like, always I'm, that. I'm against Democrats, but now I can just yeah. say it. Yeah, she's just saying it. She's just she's just on Tucker Carlson and on Fox News and all. You know, she's just gone nuts. Uh, and and because I think now because she's making a lot of money out of it, I think you know she has her own podcast. She's a regular on all of these um, all of these shows. Uh, she's basically figured out how to cash in on this stuff. And um, now she's just out and saying it. So I feel like she really is sort of emblematic of that particular brand of of alt left, um, where you're not really. It's the horseshoe theory, right? Where the the step over to alt right is like it's a small step, you know. It's really not that big a, a deal to just to, to just make the leap from being a step, you know, for Bernie Sanders and then jumping over to Donald Trump. Right, yeah. which is there. There were I can't remember what the statistics were, but there were like a lot of Bernie people who went over to Trump. Like yeah, a lot. David David Sirota tweeted like I, someone posted it because like, I again I'm blocked. He posted this um like a week ago. There's about there's a total of ten reporters in America who don't work for corporate media, hold politicians of both parties accountable, and haven't let their understandable disgust with annoying liberals and corporate Dems turn them into monstrous right-wingers or black-pilled grifters. It oh. takes an incredible amount of zen and or tolerance for white-knuckled angst to not let righteous loathing of shitty liberals and corrupt Democrats convince one to succumb to the lucrative dark side of embracing right-wing fascist, black-pilled nihilism, black nihilism, or corporate complicity. Let me tell you something. Fuck him. And fuck those people when they come up with that bullshit. I'm so tired of being blamed. Like, oh, you forced me to become a fucking Nazi. Nobody forces you to become a fucking Nazi. If you, if you are a decent human being, I don't care how mean I am to you. You're not going to say, oh, I, I got to go vote for Trump because you hurt my feelings. That's not how that works. That is never how that works. I could be mean to you 24-7 for three years straight, and you're not going to turn around and say, I'm going to vote for the fucking genocidal lunatics. That's just not how it works. Mm. If you vote for genocidal lunatics, if you vote for the most evil fucking political party to ever exist in this company, that's because something they're saying appeals to you in some fashion. And it always did. And now you're giving yourself permission and you're just blaming the left. You're blaming the shit libs. And you're like, you know what? I wanted to do this. Now I have an excuse. That's just, and again, I know you know some people who are not white, but overwhelmingly the alt-left is white and it's male. 
And this is why so many, I've been saying it for years, they were just waiting for an excuse to put on the red hat and blame the left and blame the Democrats and blame the shit libs, blah, blah, blah. And we're starting to see that, right? More and more of them are putting on that red hat. I mean, Tucker Carlson's on uh, fucking, I'm sorry, not Tucker Carlson. Glenn Greenwald's on Tucker Carlson. Matt Taibbi was on Tucker Carlson. Michael Tracy was on Tucker Carlson. It's just more and more of them are just more comfortable just being like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm pro-Nazi now. And they're really mad that Trump got arrested because he was their best chance of getting rid of Biden. And now that's going up in smoke. Right. I mean, look, I want to be fair to some people in the Bernie left because I do have, I'm not particularly friendly with lots of people in the Bernie left, but I do know some people in the Bernie left who are actually, you know, genuine, right? They, they actually believe this. They're not, um, I don't think there's any sort of racial aspect to what their, to, to their beliefs or their activism, I just fundamentally disagree with them. Um, well, I don't call them the Bernie left anymore. I really mm. don't. They're not the Bernie left. Most of them, once Bernie supported Biden over yeah. Trump, they were like, fuck Bernie. Bernie's a traitor, blah, blah. Because they never believed in anything he stood for anyway. They don't care about Bernie. Right. They was about what he could do for him. There was that astonishing spectacle of people in Bernie Sanders' campaign um, turning on Bernie. Right for like when you're too extreme for but if you're a, a burner and and Bernie's not on your side, uh, you've lost the plot. Right, yeah, it's like, exactly. You know, because I give credit to Bernie. I feel like he did the right thing. Um, I, I don't hate Bernie Sanders. Uh, I know you guys, you guys have way more more disdain for him than I do. I don't. I I kind of like the guy in some in some regards. Uh, I feel like in 2020 election he really did do the right thing. Um, he was, it was, you know, he coordinated with the Biden campaign very carefully uh, at the at lot. The, you know, I remember in the last debate when Bernie knew he was going to lose, he like gave the he gave um, Biden the the, que- the questions beforehand. Um, <clears throat> and, and they had a very sort of, you know, it was a not it was a good conversation. And, and Biden did his best to reach out to Bernie's fans. So I, I give Bernie Sanders a lot of credit for that. I really do. Uh, and I think he did a lot to sort of bring his people on board, uh, as many of them as he could, uh, to, to beat Trump. And I, that you know, credit to credit to Bernie for that. Uh, but yeah, like you say, there is there are these people who are, you know, the, the hardcore Bernie people like the... It's like Matt Taibbi again. I'm going to bang on about Matt Taibbi, but he is he's that he's the classic example of a Bernie bro who's now too extreme for Bernie and he's just made the jump basically, um, right? Because he never cared about Bernie, it wasn't about Bernie at all, it was what Bernie could do for him, right? If it wasn't, it's, it's, it's whoever can get him what he wants, which is making Democrats lose, yes, exactly. Well, look, guys, let's move on to some fantastic news or, or not some fantastic, I don't know, depending on which way you look at it. Uh, Ron DeSantis not doing very well. Poor little Ronnie. Um, this is this is in the Washington Post. Republican mega donor Ken Langone is eager to support Ron DeSantis for president in 2024, but he has some concerns about the Florida governor as he prepares to enter the race. Langone didn't like that DeSantis signed a six-week abortion ban and wants him to moderate his stance on the issue. It wouldn't hurt for DeSantis to be quote a little more conciliatory in his demeanor. He suggested and Langone worries about the resurgence of former President Donald Trump, who Langone previously backed but argues can't win another general election. Quote, it scares the hell out of me, he said, of Trump's growing dominance in the polls. A few (laughs) months ago, DeSantis was celebrating his landslide re-election and the chance of two more years as enthusiastic fans begged him to run for president. But that momentum has rapidly cooled, confronting DeSantis with a considerably more difficult political outlook for the campaign he's expected to launch after the Florida legislative session ends in May. Yeah, this is um, so apparently donors, activists and other supporters are increasingly voicing worries that DeSantis has made unforced errors or embraced extreme positions that could hurt him in a general election, including the abortion ban he signed last week. Uh, he, He had to clarify comments on Ukraine. Um, he struck some Republicans as distant in personal interactions, and Trump has relentlessly attacked DeSantis and expanded his lead over the governor in national polls while accruing a string of influential endorsements in Florida and beyond. So, yep. not going well for poor little Ronnie, Aww. is it? So sad. No, I kind of predicted this. I, uh, it was kind of obvious going in that as soon as national Republicans got a solid look at Ron DeSantis, they'd realize, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> really, we we were thinking this guy was gonna be the nominee, and he's proving why 
those hopes were silly in the first place because he's just not ready for the national spotlight. And this is clear. He doesn't, he doesn't have that. Uh, I don't know wh- whatever you call it. He doesn't have that spark, that charisma that would lead someone to uh, a nomination above Donald Trump. And, you know, look, I don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee. I, I would love for it to be Ron DeSantis, who's much weaker. So, yeah. uh, but that being said, Ron DeSantis just isn't doing it. And I think Republicans are recognizing that uh, they were mistaken in thinking that he could. Yeah, you know what? Um, Steve Schmidt had it right. Uh, Steve Schmidt called called this uh, a while ago. I remember reading a, a pretty funny piece that he wrote about how DeSantis has a glass jaw um, and he's not going to be able to take the, the punishment that, that Trump um, deals out. That you know, Republicans, people in the party know this. They know that DeSantis is is a he's a he's a he's a bully uh, and a coward. Um, he, he can pick on people who can't fight back, but once he gets into an actual fight, he'll 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 basically fold. Uh, and we're seeing signs of this. I think we're seeing signs of the guy. I mean, I watched his um, interview with Piers Morgan. Uh, I think we talked about this before, but it was just I remember watching it and thinking, this dude really. <laughs> this, is, this is the future of the GOP. Um, I mean, he's got a whiny little voice. He's got no presence, no charisma. Uh, he's not particularly interesting. He has no, you know, he's not stupid. I, I give it the guys, but but that doesn't necessarily mean for the Republican Party being smart doesn't is, is actually works against you, you know. Um, so I think that like you know he actually gave some kind of nuanced answers to Piers Morgan's questions, and I'm thinking you know what it's not going to play very well with the Trump audience. Yeah, they don't right? do nuance. <laughs> they don't do nuance. They don't care about nuance. They want someone to shout, you know, uh, make America great again or build the wall or, you know what I mean? Like keep America white or whatever it is. Whatever it is they, they want to hear. Trump is very good at that. Uh, and DeSantis can't really do that. So I think maybe DeSantis was was sort of pleasing to some of the, the big money Republicans because they thought, okay, this guy's, you know, we can control this guy. Uh, he's smart and he's mean, um, <clears throat> but I yeah I think I I think the writing's on the wall. The guy's toast and uh, Trump's going to win. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like who 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 would be um, better against Biden? Uh, I for a long time thought that DeSantis might be more effective against Biden, but I don't know. Watching this, I'm thinking not really. Um, but either way, I think good. You know, like the, if Trump is the nominee, he'll do enormous damaged the, to the republican party again you know he'll rip it apart he'll, he'll destroy he'll destroy his party in the process uh and the more so the but the more damage the longer he's around the more damage he does and i think that's good too so these these are all good outcomes for for the democrats i think well i'm really excited about the fact that desantis is going because you can't what he's lacking you can't learn mm. so when he tries again in 2028 He's probably still going to be the lead of the field unless someone I mean, five years is a long time, obviously. So unless someone else comes out of the, you know, whatever the backbench, whatever the GOP has, he's still going to be one of their strongest because he's still going to be rampaging down in Florida doing all the horrible things that the, the, the base loves so much. So. I'm hoping he's going to be the leading contender in 2028 because he's going to be a terrible candidate because he's just terrible out on the net. He's going to be awful on the national stage. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put someone forward and I'm hoping that they just stomp him to the ground because like, you know, once the national press gets a hold of him, they're going to just squeeze him like a grape and he's not going to be able to handle it at all. Like they're not going to go too hard on him this time because Trump really is just going to eat him alive. But Five years from now, when he tries again, the press is going to go after him, even mildly. And he's not, he's going to, he is, he's going to fold like a cheap suit. And it's going to be delightful. Well, look, um, I think it's time now for both sides. I'm going to kick off my both sides with <laughs> one of my favorite, my favorite people. I want to play you a clip. Um, try not to hit anything or hurt anyone while you're listening. Here we go. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Sometimes you wonder just how filthy and dishonest our news media are. You'll be in the shower and you'll think they're bad, but how bad are they? Well, here's one measure of their badness. You can try this at home. Ask yourself, 
is any news organization you know of so corrupt that it's willing to hurt you on behalf of its biggest advertisers? Anyone who do that is obviously Pablo Escobar level corrupt and should not be trusted. What would that look like? That level of corruption. Well, imagine that the Trump administration had made it mandatory for American citizens to buy my pillow. That's one of Fox News's biggest advertisers. Imagine the administration declared that if you didn't rush out and buy at least one my pillow, and then at least another booster pillow, you would not be allowed to eat out. You couldn't re-enter your own country. You couldn't have a paying job. My pillow, they told me with a straight face, was the very linchpin of our country's public health system. Now imagine as they told you that that Fox, as a news organization, endorsed it, amplified the government's message. Imagine if Fox News attacked anyone who refused to buy my pillow as an ally of Russia, as an enemy of science. <laughs> and then imagine that Fox kept libelous attacks, even as evidence mounted that my pillow caused heart attacks, fertility. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> if Fox News did that, what would you think of Fox News? Would you trust us? Of course you would. You would know that we were liars. You are. <laughs> Fox News never did anything like that, but the other channels did. The other channels took hundreds of millions of dollars from big pharma companies, and then they shilled for their sketchy products on the air. And as they did that, they maligned anyone who was skeptical of those products. At the very least, this was a moral crime. Wow. <laughs> you guys okay? Wow. Every Republican accusation is a confession. I swear to God. The, 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 what I love about this was he did this after the Dominion settlement. Oh, wow. Right? He did this in... I mean, this is like all... With sort a straight of face. With a straight face. I mean, this is Tucker Carlson at his absolute finest. Uh, right? I thought that was a parody. What? <laughs> I thought there was something else, and they edited in my pillow into it in place of something that was actually serious. No, Bob, this is the real thing. Jesus. Okay. God damn. What a fucking joke. <laughs> right. This is, I mean, all sorts of levels of insane here. I mean, but the thing is, what I love about this is that this is a guy who's vaccinated, this is a guy whose kids are vaccinated. Uh, this is a guy who took COVID precautions. That Fox News took COVID precautions, right? They all took. They they were mandated to have a vaccine to come into work. Everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows that these. It's like the the all of the sort of the Dominion stuff, right? Where they all knew it was bullshit, but they they went on air and lied about it anyway. Tucker Carlson's doing exactly the same thing. He's doing. He knows what he's saying is a lie. He knows what he's saying is is deeply, deeply, deeply dishonest, right? that um we were in the midst of a deadly pandemic and these yes these big pharma companies which are you know look say what you want about big pharma they do some bad things they also do some good things they also create life-saving medicines which they have um the vaccines have saved millions of lives millions millions let's put that i want to reiterate this right the 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 covid vaccines the mrna vaccines that were developed by uh companies like pfizer um have saved millions of lives, right? Without them, uh, we, you know, we wouldn't be able to go out to eat. Like there'd be lock school lockdowns. There'd be all sorts. Like the coronavirus would still be. We'd be in a pandemic still, right? We're we're, we're the pandemic. We're still in an what's it called? An endemic. We're it's endemic now. Um, but we're not. It's not crisis. We're not in a crisis mode. The the hospitals aren't packed full of people who can't breathe. Uh, because you know their lungs have collapsed. This is not what's happening now, and that's due to the vaccine, right? The elderly people um, are you mean in Trump's vaccine. Yeah, right. This Trump's vaccine. I mean, and this is the fact that the that Tucker Carlson was he was the one who was convincing Trump to try and take it seriously when it first hit. He was like, "You need to take this seriously because this is a big deal." So he knows he knows that what he's saying is all nonsense and bullshit, bullshit. But he's out here drawing this insane comparison saying that you know these other companies that took advertising money from big pharma um are now complicit in in i don't know what what is he trying to say here i don't really understand what he's trying to say that these other well, media is corrupt because it took advertising money from big pharma uh 
and then convince you to try and take the vaccine. I don't, I don't like. I guess that's what he's saying, with no evidence whatsoever that the advertising policy had anything to do with editorial, right? Um, you know, all of the, like Rachel Maddow, everybody that he's attacking, or CNN, or any of these other companies, were reporting on. Fact, they were interviewing like directors of the CDC. They were interviewing public health officials, interviewing scientists, right? Who were all saying the same thing: like, take the vaccine because it's the only thing we've got. Right? This is you can't just make accusations like this with no with no evidence whatsoever. But well, you can it, in Fox News world. In Fox News, right? It's just it's amazing that he kind of came and did this after the Dominion settlement, where his his company, which he was part of this whole scam, he was part of this this fraud. And the reason that Fox had to pay out, I, I'm, I'm amazed that Murdoch still wants this guy on the air, given how much he's just cost him. Um, and the fact that advertisers are fleeing from Tucker Carlson because he's a racist, nasty piece of work. Uh, so anyway, that's my pick for both sides this week. You're not seeing anything like that on the left or in um, the, the quote unquote liberal media. So anyhow, gents, any your picks this week? Um, I'll go. Okay. All right. So um, I've got the delightful gaggle of assholes in Oklahoma. Uh, we've got from McCurtain County, we've got Sheriff Kevin McClar- uh, Kevin Clardy, um, District 2 Commissioner Mark Jennings, Investigator Alicia Manning, and Jell Administrator uh, Larry Hendricks. Um, during a county meeting, after the meeting, um, a reporter left a recording device um, because he was worried, he was concerned that they were conducting county business afterwards, which is illegal, according to state law or county law, either way. And they kept talking. And while they were talking, they were joking and laughing and, you know, talking about how much they hated the local reporter and his son, the guy who left the recording there. So they started talking about how, you know, they would love to kill this guy and bury his body and how they could hire some hitmen and get it done that way. That was pretty bad. But the worst part was when they started talking about, and I'm going to quote this. I'm going to tell you something. If it was back in the day when that uh, when that when Alan Marshton would take a damn black guy and whoop their ass and throw him in a a cell, I'd run for a fucking sheriff. I know. Take him down to Mud Creek and hang him up with the damn rope. But you can't do that anymore. They got more rights than we got, et cetera, et cetera. So... Yeah, these are these are the people who are running the county, including the sheriff. And I talk constantly, I write constantly about how badly, how openly and badly the right wants to go back to the quote unquote good old days where they could just drag black people out into the street and lynch them and hang them from a tree and set them on fire. They desperately want to go back to those days like the last recorded lynching the last recorded lynching was still it was in the early 1970s it wasn't like this was ancient history there are people who are still alive who participated in lynchings where they took pictures and smiled and posed because it was a fun family thing to do where you took your kids and look kids we're gonna kill a black man today this was something that townspeople did for fun in our life, no, not our lifetimes, but in you know our grandparents' lifetimes. In our, this is something they did for fun, and they want to go back to this so badly they could taste it. And mm-hmm. this is what they talk like when they think no one is listening. And sometimes they talk like this when they know people are listening because they don't give a shit. This is the right wing in America. This is what they want to do. And as as much as I don't like the alt left, as much as I bitch about them, they don't it's do not, this. It's not like this. It's not. Yeah, this. it's not like this. I've never this. heard someone on the alt left. I mean, at the absolute worst, I've never heard one of them do this. So you know, there is a difference there. Wow. This is the right wing, and they're fucking monsters. They're, so. they're bonkers. Jesus. Wow. Wow. That's special. Uh, Bob, you're, who have you got this week? Ali Alexander, insurrectionist <laughs> and MAGA celebrity Ali Alexander, uh, confessed to soliciting dick pics from teenage boys. We're talking about children. And he actually confessed to this, said he's been struggling with same-sex attraction for a very long time. 
And the reason I'm bringing this up is not because Ali Alexander is clearly gay. It's because the hypocrisy, it's the hypocrisy, stupid. And we're talking about a party now that's actively on a jihad against trans people and drag shows and gay people and all the rest of it. And uh, it's clearly projection. It's clearly a matter of deflecting away from their own activities. And we've talked about this many, many times where there are quite a few conservative Republicans. seems like every week there's another conservative Republican getting picked up for child porn or sexual assault of some kind. Uh, and that is what they're trying to hide by going after trans people. There's already marginalized, very small community of people in the United States who are being driven into suicide through bullying and, and everything else. And uh, it's just disgusting to realize that, oh, yeah, really, it's conservatives, not trans people who are a threat in any way. So that is it. And we have another example with Ali Alexander. It's just a matter of time, I think, before Benny Johnson. <laughs> I, you know, I, I shouldn't mention possibles because I don't want people to get confused that they could uh, have something. But uh, regardless, there are quite a few people on the conservative right who uh, are prime candidates for this sort of scandal. We're just waiting. It's just a matter of time. It's, not, it's, it's a matter of when, not if. Uh, can I tag on something to this? Yes. Um, Nick Fuentes, close friend of Ali Alexander, yeah. um, ha- was reportedly, and the person, the person um, that, uh, that's accusing Ali Alexander. Where are you going with this? Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure he has evidence. Um, Ali, I'm sorry, Nick Fuentes, pressured the person to stay quiet about it because they got him a job. Yeah. So Nick Fuentes knew about this and Mm -hmm. helped to bury it. So I've been saying for some time now, Nick Fuentes is going to be really dangerous unless he manages to destroy himself involving something to do with kitty porn or pedophilia. So hopefully this will do that. Um, He didn't engage in it himself that I'm aware of, but helping to cover it up, is close enough. Um, the other thing is, I don't know. I haven't seen anything yet, but ha- has his career been destroyed? Is he out? Is he, I don't know. Like, has obviously he not. No, no. He'll, right? he'll, he'll disappear for a little while. Then he'll reemerge. Yeah. Match is still running forget. around. He sexually yeah, assaulted yeah. somebody and his, his career doesn't seem to have been destroyed. So the right seems to be growing more of a tolerance for this sort of thing, which leads me to my third thing. This is a growing problem on the right. Like they're growing really, really comfortable with people, with their, with their members getting really, really cozy with kids and teens and young, you know, people under age. And it's just becoming normal for them. And this mm-hmm. is not a problem that they had 10, 15 years ago. This is a recent thing. So I know we keep talking about it, but it's super, super important because it's going to get worse. And it's something we're going to have to deal with because it's not going away. So, you know, just think about that and think about what's gonna what's that's gonna look like in 10 years when Ali Alexander is not an aberration, but the Republican norm. So Yeah, and by the way, I heard that Nick Fuentes connection through a weird source, and that source was Marjorie Taylor Greene. So that's the other fun dimension about Oh yeah, that's right. She's the one that said nothing about. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so much fun. Yeah, I love that. Wait, who, wait, who hates who? Marjorie Taylor Greene was condemning Ali Alexander and then looping in and then accusing Nick Fuentes of being in on the conspiracy. Oh, I love it when these guys fight. It's so Let them yeah. fight. It's Let awesome. Them fight. Let them fight. Um, well, look, listen, guys. Uh, wait a second. Oh, no, wrong sound effect. <laughs> wait a second. Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> is that new? That's that's a terrifying sound. <laughs> what is that I sound? Just my pants. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That sound, that sound, my friend, I'll do it again. Is it's time for the emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Emergency meeting. Uh, I hope I haven't blown everyone's eardrums out with that one. Um <laughs> No, you just made me shit my pants again. I just did it twice. Sorry, Bob. Uh, so that is the, this is the, the terrifying sound. Wow. That is the sound 
for the emergency meeting. And we are going to go into the emergency meeting now. So this is a, a wonderful feature we have for our massively generous banter members who keep us afloat and uh, have been supportive of the banter for some of you for many, many years. Um, we're going to go into the members only podcast, which is the emergency meeting where we discuss the really serious, not safe for work, very dangerous, controversial topics. Um, this Today's emergency meeting, the headline is Elon Musk's rocket goes down like Twitter. Fair? <laughs> yeah. We're going to discuss that, right? It, this has been a very, very bad week for Elon Musk. Um I want to so I don't know some of the memes I've been seeing uh, on social media have been pretty pretty devastating. Uh, but look, we're going to go into that. We're going to be talking about blue checks, the end of blue checks, uh, Musk's space rocket, which yeah, uh, it, it wasn't a good week. Um, I have a contrary opinion about that, but we'll get to it in the meeting. We'll get to it in the meeting. All right. So look, uh, we'll see you in the emergency meeting. Thank you everybody for listening, and we will be back next week. <laughs>